Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back, guys. On today's episode, I chat with Lisa about her fast and furious birth. Prior to her daughter being born, Lisa says she felt terrified of birth and completely unprepared for what was ahead of her. Having only heard trauma-filled birth stories, she was consumed with doubt in her body's abilities and lacked the knowledge to navigate the system. After booking an induction for 40 weeks, she went into spontaneous labor at home and ended up having a drug-free water birth two hours after arriving at the hospital. Her birth experience transformed her view on birth, removing the fear and anxiety she once had and revealing to her the innate power she always had within. Enjoy today's episode. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, thank you for having me. Do you want to just quickly tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my name's Lisa and I live on the south coast of New South Wales. Um, And in my family is my fiance, Jared, and my beautiful 14-month-old daughter, Abigail. And we're currently pregnant with our second child. Um, We know we're having a little boy and I'm 18 weeks today, which is very exciting. That's so exciting. And were both of your pregnancies planned? Yes, to an extent. Um, They were definitely planned, as in we did want um, kids, but we weren't expecting them to happen so quickly, I guess. Um, I have PCOS and have had some issues with it in the past and haven't really gotten on top of it all and had been told that there was probably a less than 5% chance of falling pregnant naturally. So when my partner and I just started talking about, you know, children and and our future, we thought it would be a very long, hard journey. Um, And so we actually decided to up our health insurance to kind of cover IVF if needed and go down that path and there was a 12-month wait period and we're like you know what we'll do all that get healthy and if it happens in the meantime fantastic um and then with Abigail it basically happened two three months in very very quickly yeah and um before the health insurance waiting periods kicked in and everything like that so we weren't covered but 
I found out very quickly you don't need to be either. So we were, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And how was your pregnancy with Abigail? It was pretty good. Um, I We were actually living in Melbourne at the time, so had access to some really great, like the hospital system down there is obviously fabulous in the city um, and that kind of thing. It, I had some other kind of health complications not complications, but things that were getting investigated um, around the heart and bits and pieces. So they were watching it very closely and doing a lot of tests, but a lot of it was just exploratory tests. Um, None of it was really, uh, like they hadn't diagnosed anything. Um, But then COVID hit halfway through the pregnancy and basically they stopped any unnecessary testing. So they were like, unless you actually, something happens, we're just going to keep you out of the hospital as much as possible. Okay, awesome. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And what model of care did you end up choosing? So I actually didn't realise there were different models of care available. So I literally went to my GP. Um, My GP referred me to the local hospital um, and, you know, I think it was from 20 weeks, I started going to the hospital um, for midwife appointments and at that facility they put you in kind of a group and you just randomly see someone from that color of group every how often that you need appointments so I didn't really understand it and then we actually moved and I would say the pregnancy was very non-eventful I was very fortunate was very sick at the start lots of vomiting until about 20 weeks and then it finally eased with her um which was great and then we moved a COVID obviously happened and we're in lockdown down in Melbourne and all our family was up in New South Wales and because of circumstances we decided to make the move back when I was 34 weeks Mm -hmm. so I actually changed hospitals at that point and into the New South Wales public health system and um where we live it's obviously out of the cities so we were concerned that maybe it could have been an issue and it actually ended up being a blessing in disguise and was such a better experience the um local maternity ward at our hospital is just phenomenal and they were so lovely and you got to know people and closer to the end I had some more not issues but needed to be checked a few um, more times so we were there you know a couple of times a week and they were really lovely and I'm really glad we ended up moving for that to be at that hospital, it was just such a better experience um, than what I was having in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So we're happy with that. So yeah, the yeah the later stages of the pregnancy, she was measuring really small. They were actually worried she was going to measure big. Well, I didn't know it was a girl at the time. So if I refer to her as it, that's probably yeah. why. But <laughs> we weren't expecting her to. Um, they were expecting her to be a lot bigger than what she was because of the PCOS. And then at about thirty-five weeks, so basically quite soon after moving, she started measuring quite small. So they sent us for like some ultrasounds. And the facilities, I guess, in the area for ultrasounds weren't, um, people weren't specialised in pregnancy ultrasounds. So the results from the first one came back quite concerning. So they actually sent me a few hours away to get a better one um, at, a, at a specialist facility. And we, um, that actually turned out that the first ultrasound was wrong. They measured the stomach circumference wrong so basically she was below the charts of um how small she was and then when they did the second ultrasound she was small they were measuring her on the third percentile but it wasn't nothing basically it wasn't as dangerous or as critical it went from we'll induce you today at you know 36 37 weeks to no we'll wait and we'll induce you just before Mm. so I guess during our pregnancy we weren't 
super prepared for what was going to happen. All of our classes got cancelled. We had booked into all the antenatal classes and because of COVID and everything, everything kind of got shut down. So we just tried to read a lot of books, Googled a lot of stuff online, probably didn't look at the right information. So we were very prepared for, you know, what, like the pregnancy, but not necessarily the birth and then the aftermath of what was happening. So um, I guess we were lucky we ended up at a, a really good hospital at the end that was really helpful with that process. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you want to take us to that first sign of labor? Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we were booked in to be induced at, it was a couple of days before 40 weeks. So it was in that 39th week. I think it was the Wednesday of that week. Um, and I, didn't understand what being induced was. So they, I basically went to this obstetrician appointment and they were like, look, we've got to induce you. She's really small. We don't want you to go over. We're going to just take her out. Mm. And I was like, great, I'm going to know what day she's coming. I can be more organised, like fantastic. Had no idea of what the process was. They literally give you a pamphlet. It was like an A5 double-sided thing, basically like you go into hospital at this time, they're going to give you some needles, hopefully you'll go to sleep overnight and hopefully the baby will come in the morning. And I was kind of like, oh, great, like fantastic. (laughs) Afterwards found out that it's definitely not that process Mm -hmm. and it's not something I would choose to have, particularly because she didn't really need to be. She wasn't in any danger. Yeah. Um, so I I wouldn't have let now, having known, hindsight, I wouldn't have. But luckily we went into natural labour on the Monday, so a few days early, <laughs> which was really lucky. Yeah. And how far along were you, sorry? 39 exactly. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, to the day. Yeah. Good time. Yeah. And all my friends had been over. Um, a lot of my friends had had quite traumatic birth experiences I had heard nothing good about the experience so I was really horrified about what was going to happen I was super scared um wasn't really sure what my options were of how to give birth like we'd had no concept of it we didn't understand anything the only thing we had read in the books my partner and I was keep moving around and try and avoid the drugs um so he was I'm like okay Jared your one job is make sure I don't get an epidural and I don't sit down like (laughs) keep me moving and he's like okay I've got this so that's kind of how we went into it in terms of preparation which is nothing it's absolutely no concept of what was going to happen I can't believe how much they don't tell you in advance or maybe I didn't research enough it's a combination of we changed care halfway through so maybe there was understandings that we had been explained things in one state and it was going to happen differently in the next. Yeah. Um, they really need to tell you more about the process or at least to tell you what your options are mm. and explain, I guess, what your rights are to an extent. Like, you know, with things like inducing, I didn't think it was an option to say no. You just take what the medical advice is. Yeah. Whereas now for this next baby, if they said we need to induce it because it's small, I would say absolutely not. Let's, mm. let's wait. Unless it's a medical emergency and this baby needs to come out now because the baby's in stress, then I would wait. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, so we went into natural labor, which was really lucky. And from there, our birth experience was very quick and um, a really nice one. It actually, I came out of it really surprised by the whole process. And I think I was lucky to not know because I, I didn't plan. I'm a very planned, organized person. And because I didn't understand it, I didn't have a plan. Mm. And that definitely worked in our favor. Um, 
in this in this instance so yeah yeah so what was your first indication that labor was starting so we went to bed on a Monday or it's a Sunday night Mm -hmm. and at about 1 a.m on Monday morning I woke up and was like oh I think that was (laughs) I think that was a pain in my lower back Mm -hmm. maybe this is starting and I remember well I remember the midwife saying look you know call us when it's starting and we'll talk you through the process then. So I lived 30 minutes away from the hospital at the time. And so we, um, so I called the local hospital and they're like, look, you're in, it's your first baby. You're in really early stages of labor. Try and go back to sleep. And I was like, there is no chance I'm going back to sleep now. And I had a little app on my phone that helped count the contractions. And she said to me, basically when you're getting them, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think she said if they're two minutes apart and they're lasting for more than a minute or more than 40 seconds, come in because that's roughly the timing of travelling the 30-minute drive to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So I started tracking them and they were about five minutes apart and lasting like 20, 30 seconds. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get up, I'm going to have a shower, blow dry my hair, woke up my partner and he was like, okay, I'll have a shower too. We're at home for maybe two hours and they started going to like two minutes apart for 30 seconds or two minutes apart for 10 seconds. And I was like, oh, I feel like it's getting more intense. So I called back to the hospital and she was like, look, you've still got ages, but if you'd feel more comfortable, it's your first time, please just come in. Like we don't want you to stay at home if you're starting to get nervous about it and the drive and it's dark and there's kangaroos all over the road and that kind of thing. So we didn't want to be rushing down the highway Mm. um so then we were on the way into town and we're like okay we had read in the books like get your partner a snack or something because you know you're going to be there for 24 hours and they'll be hungry and they've got to support you and all this and I was like all right Jared we'll get you drive through Macca's on the way (laughs) it's like five minutes out from the hospital and we were going down the highway I was like there is no way you can stop like you have to get to this hospital because they're getting really, really strong and they're lasting for a lot longer. I was like, don't you dare stop. He's like, oh, can I just get drive through? And I was like, not a chance. Can you get drive through? You get me to that hospital. I don't care. Like eat the muesli bars or something from the, from the, your backpack. Like, no. So we got to the hospital and I remember getting there and the lady was like, oh, you seem a bit further along. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think when we first walked in, it was a super quiet night. So we're really lucky. We actually ended up with two midwives in with us. I think one of them might have been learning a little bit mm-hmm. um, about the process. And so we they like were trying to get the baseline readings. And I was just arched over in pain, could not stay still long enough for them to try and get that reading. So during the process, they kind of asked what my plan was or what I wanted. And I was just like get me gas that's all I want I don't want anything else I just want some gas so one of the ladies went and got that set up I guess and um I had said to my partner Jared I really want to use the hot water from the shower but I don't want a bath because to me it seemed really gross and I don't know why but I was so freaked out about blood and the whole bath experience or having the baby in the bath and I was worried about it drowning and not really, I had no concept. I should have researched it more first. So we went into the shower and they they plugged the gas in there for me. And I was just sitting in the shower or not sitting. I was kind of like leaning over, holding onto a chair. 
And I was like, I don't think I can stand up anymore. And I was there for maybe 20 minutes and I was like, Jared, run the bath. And he's like, oh, but you didn't, and bless him, he's so lovely. And he's like, but you didn't want this. Like, I'm just trying to remind you what you didn't want. I was like, just run it. Like, don't tell me what to do. I said, run that now. And so like, like, he ran it and it was like the world's biggest bath and it was taking so long to fill up. And I remember being like, I can't stand anymore. I just want to sit in hot water. And I got in it when I had like five centimeters of water in it. I was like, I don't care anymore. I just need to kind of like get off my feet kind of thing. So I jumped in and the lady's like, oh, you can turn on another tap to make it feel quicker if you want. Like she was so lovely. But I remember then like as the bath was filling, the midwife left the room and I was like, Jared, I was like, what are we doing here by ourselves? Like, we don't know what's going to happen. And they're like, oh, no love. So I think I was, when I first got to the hospital, I was about four centimetres dilated, which was pretty far along for how quick the process was. You know, we'd only been, um, like I only woke up a few hours ago. And then we ended up only being there for, uh, the baby came within two hours of being at the hospital. So this was a very, very quick process. So I remember getting in the pool, uh, sorry, in the bath and I was probably in there maybe, I'm going to say 45 minutes. And um, I was saying to the Midwest, I'm like, I don't know if I can deal with this pain anymore. Like I was really psyching myself out. I just couldn't cope with the contractions because they were just hitting like one after the other, after the other, there was no break. If it was a break, it was tiny. Like I was just gripping the edge of the bath. And then it was about 7 a.m. And the midwives came in to do a handover of like a change of shifts. So this lady who I was really comforted by, she obviously had been doing this for years, was very calming. And she was handing me over to this other girl. And I was basically like, you can't leave me. And I was like, no, the baby's coming. And she's like, no, love, like, it's okay. You've got probably, and she was doing this handover to the other midwife and she's like, she's in early stages. She's been here about an hour and a half, hour, 45 minutes, blah, blah, blah. It's her first child, all this kind of thing. And then I was like, there's something happening. And they're like, no, no, love. And I was like, no, 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 I really think. And I just remember um, she touched like down, she checked the cervix and she's like, oh, you're pretty dilated, like it'll be very soon perhaps. And she turns around and I was like, I think there's a head coming and just pushed and the head popped out under the water and she was like, oh, no gloves. And basically the baby was out within, I don't know, she flew out. It was very quick or it felt very quick in my mind. Um, And apparently it was two pushes. So it was one, it was uh, one big push to get the head out and then another one for the rest of her body. And I well, Jared remembers the head just being under the water for a while and he was like silently freaking out to the side but trying to be cool. He's like, oh, my God, the baby's going to drown. And she's like, do you want to touch him? And I was like, no, just get it out. <laughs> no idea what, like the whole process was normal. Yeah. But we didn't know about it. So we hadn't prepared ourselves. We weren't prepared for a water birth. But, yeah, and then she was out and it was a really beautiful, like afterwards I'm like, wow, that was like, A, not as scary not what I thought and changed my whole perception of, I guess, birth and what the process was going to be and mm-hmm. everything. And now I'm like to everyone, I'm like, have a water birth if you can. Like, you've got to. It's so good on your body. Like, it was so calming and, you know. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Did you have any tearing? I, I, I had a graze, they called it. So not really. I would say I was extremely lucky because mm-hmm. I was very nervous about that as well. Yeah. 
So at any point did they mention or uh, classify you as having a precipitous labor? Uh, no. No? They did ask me, so my mother had really quick labors. Right. So I think I was born in like three hours with her and then my brother was basically born as she walked into the hospital. Wow, okay, so it definitely runs so, in your family. Yeah, apparently. I was like, oh, that's a good thing to inherit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although I have learned that well, quick doesn't always mean easier like I once thought it did. Yeah, it was, look, it was very painful and I thought I was dying a few times. Like I definitely <laughs> was screaming at my partner and, you know, screaming at the midwife and was like, give, at the time I was like, give me an epidural. And they're like, no love, you're so far gone that point. Like that's not happening now. Um, and I'm so glad I didn't need it. But yeah, it was, I don't, I always hear these stories about people's births where they remember details in between and being able to talk in between the process. And there was none of that for me. Like it was basically... Hospital, gas, shower, jumping in the bath, baby was born. Yeah, wow. So fast and furious. Yeah. Mm. And how did you feel after this experience? Absolutely on top of the world. Like I was so excited. So basically they let us lie in the bath as long as we wanted. We were just lying there with Abigail on my chest. And then they gave me um, the needle to have the placenta come out. And that scared me, like really, really scared me. For some reason, I thought it was going to be like the birth again. Mm -hmm. And I was still holding Abigail. And I was like, if they give me this and I have to go through one of those contractions again, I'm going to drop this baby. And I kept saying, like, can you take her off me while you do it? And they're like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. And it was. It was so fine. But, again, I just didn't understand the process or kind of what was going to happen there. Mm -hmm. I know they left her connected for quite a while because we were very just calm in the bath and there was no rush. Like she was breathing, she came out, she didn't cry, but she kind of just made those little gurgle noises. Like it was a very calm process. My waters broke in the bath, so it was all very, it happened quite naturally, which was really lovely. Mm -hmm. And then when she popped out, she was small and she kind of just sat on my chest for a while and then eventually I couldn't even tell you what the time was. I think we're in there for about 20 minutes. And in that time, um, they, Jared ended up cutting and clamping the cord while we're in the bath still. And then they um, got her off me eventually and moved her onto Jared while I got out of the bath. Um, Yeah, it was quite nice. And we basically just went into the bed just to lie down a section of the um, birthing suite, I'm going to call it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And we went in there and kind of they put her back. Jared had had some cuddles and then they put her back on me and we tried the – oh, no, maybe they measured her first. I can't – How oh. much did she weigh? So she was 2.89 kilos, so not as small as they were expecting but still on the smaller side. But they were expecting her – so they were expecting her to be born on like the third percentile and she was the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. They always get those bloody skins wrong. I know. And it causes so much stress. Yes. Like we didn't understand the percentage of people. And now I read about it. I'm like everyone's skins were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she ended up being – so I think it was like six pound six or something like that. But, yeah, she was um, little but fine. And then they put her on me and we tried to breastfeed, I guess. And she lapped straight away and I was like, great. Again, I didn't know anything about the breastfeeding journey and I was like, oh, this is it. I've got it in the bag. Like how hard can this be? She is detached the first time. And Jared was the same. Both of us really didn't understand it. Um, And then we kind of just chilled there for about an hour or so having cuddles. And then um, 
I got up and had a shower and we walked basically over to a room where we were going to stay for the next couple of days while we figured it out. But it was a really lovely experience. I'm so surprised by it. Yeah. And what do you feel like you've learned from that birth that you will take into your next one? So I think I learned a lot more about the actual process of the birth, how the baby comes out, the different stages of labor. Um, Also just being sure of what I want as well. Um, Definitely this next baby, I don't want to be induced. And I've already spoken to my my midwife um, and she's like, look, because of the speed of your last birth, often the obstetricians will push for it. Um, She's like, because it's, I guess, easier for them almost. Um, And she said, but I want you to know you don't have to. She was really lovely about it. She's like, and if they pressure you into saying yes and they book you in for an induction, you can walk out basically call the midwife and say I don't want this and they'll cancel it yeah and would you ever consider home birth I I actually would it's something I think I would my partner's really scared about it yeah um but again if maybe through the hospital yeah it's well our hospital doesn't offer it here so it would be private okay got you yes so where we are it is it would be 100% private I'm not sure I now live five minutes from the hospital Mm -hmm. so the lady my midwife actually said she's like look the chances of you having an unplanned home birth are quite large as well yeah and um because I did I did ask her about it and she said you can as well if you have a good birth again um just be in the hospital for kind of like a couple of hours and then come straight home as well and they give all the aftercare at home and that kind of thing so there's a few little options there but another thing is if it happens that quickly I don't know if a midwife could get here in time either Mm. we're probably going to be able to get to a hospital a lot quicker because yeah. we're just down the road. And another thing, well, another thing is I really want Abigail to come this time. I would love her to be there for it. Yeah. But currently with the restrictions, I don't think they can come to the hospital. So No, they wouldn't be able yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see in January what's changed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully it's all lifted by then. Yeah, yeah. i got a friend who's a midwife. I'll just have her on standby. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. There you go, problem like, solved. You might just have to come. Yeah. <laughs> So is there anything you're planning on doing differently with your next birth? Absolutely, because I would love to try it without the gas if possible. Um, And so I have been researching a lot about the hypnobirthing and different kind of other options to help get my mind in a better head frame for it. Yeah, nice. Um, And I'm just trying to learn a little bit more about the process and to prepare and not be so – I think I was almost panicking through it, even though it was happening so quickly. I was – wasn't really present through the most part. I was kind of just like, get this baby out of me. I'm going to die was my main thought. And then at the end, I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. It's <laughs> like, oh, well, I need to figure that out because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for a first-time so, mum that was terrified of birth, you did a so, bloody fantastic job, so you should pay yourself on that. Yeah, thank you. No, it was – I'm very blessed. I have heard some really horror stories and I've had some friends go through some really tough ones. So I think I was definitely prepared for the worst. And to be honest, before I was pregnant, I thought I was going to get a Caesar because I was like, there's no way I'm strong enough to do this. I I just couldn't. Um, And then they spoke about it because of some other health issues that I had had. And then I was like, you know what? No, I can give it a go. Like, let's just, let's just try. (laughs) So I'm glad I did. Yeah, me too. So what would be your biggest piece of advice that you would give to any expectant mothers out there? Research the whole process more and not necessarily through your hospital or um, you like your doctor, I think talking, I understated how amazing the midwives are. Um, and I probably put uh, a lot more thought into what my obstetrician was saying 
now having and look they are amazing and if you need one fantastic but I think it's really interesting to get other perspectives on it and look at other resources out there you know the books we read really didn't go into any details about it um and you have no concept of what your options are or how you can go through the process and everyone can have really different you know and, and experiences and I think if we you know, I wouldn't change anything because we were really lucky. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people that go into it that just have no idea. Yeah. And um, that's a shame. And also, I was really lucky. My partner, Jared, he researched everything with me. So, you know, he was really across the process a lot more. And I think he was better prepared almost than I was because I was so nervous for it. And I shouldn't have been as scared as I was because it is normal and now I'm excited this time because I'm more more prepared and I'm like no I can do this and it's going to be great this time and everyone's different and it is hard when people have different experiences but for me I was very blessed and it but it made me change my whole thought on it and can I don't know why but the whole birth used to freak me out I was really scared of about like my partner even being there for it and now I'm like no it's beautiful this is incredible so I'm glad that that's changed yeah that's so amazing thank you so much Lisa for coming on today no no problem at all thank you that brings us to the end of the show guys how wonderful is it that Lisa's perception of birth was completely shifted by the birth experience that she had I love that so much, especially considering she went in so unaware of so many things. I think the fact that her birth was so quick probably worked in her favor as there wasn't really much time for anything other than catching her baby. I hope this reminds anyone listening that your body is built for this, even when you have no faith and knowledge in what you are capable of. Let me know what you think of today's show over on the PBA Instagram, and I'll see you guys next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia.